0: Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Saturday night or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azarin, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y. G-L-O-T, A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. You can also simply search Azrin the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social media platform is. So again, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, the Language Nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I am very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. First of all, a very annoying thing, or slightly annoying thing, is that my voice is still raspy. For those of you who have not been listening to the podcast recently, I had a cold about a week ago where mostly I was coughing. That was the major problem with the cold. And while my cold is gone and I feel better, my throat is still like not fully up to scratch. So I can feel the slight raspiness throughout the day. I can feel how it bothers me a bit. It, it's just not fun. And it's like, oh, why can't my voice get fully back to normal? So I do apologize in advance if my voice is slightly raspy throughout this podcast. Um, Number two, and this is a weird thing, I want to talk about Taiwanese mosquitoes. So Taiwanese mosquitoes are a freak of nature. First of all, in every other country that I've traveled to, the mosquitoes typically don't like me very much. Or maybe they like me to an average amount. I find that if I'm with a group of people and we go out to an area where where there are mosquitoes... I get bitten. I will get bitten a little bit, but maybe not the most out of the whole group. The second thing is in every other place I've been to, I can see the mosquitoes. I'll be like, oh, there's a lot of mosquitoes here. Holy moly. or Oh my goodness. I see them flying around me. I see them when they bite me. It's like, oh crap, he must have bitten me. I see them. In Taipei, there is two things that's happening. Number one, I'm not seeing the mosquitoes. They're a lot smaller than I'm used to, and they're way sneakier. So much so where I was getting mosquito bites and I was I actually didn't know if they were mosquito bites. I was questioning if I was get if I was getting bitten at nighttime by like bed bugs or like fleas or something that I just wasn't seeing because I was sleeping or something like that. So that was a very, very bizarre thing, but I realized that they are indeed mosquitoes. Number two, the mosquitoes absolutely love me in Taipei. I'm getting bitten like crazy by mosquitoes. Today, I was out with the homestay family that I'm living with. We were walking, um, seeing some couple interesting places in Taipei, and after maybe an hour, it was crazy to see that two people in the family that I was with got zero bites, and then me and one person in the family had more than, I mean, I want to say 10 bytes each at least, maybe even more. That was just off a very, very quick count. And I was like, oh my goodness, what the heck is going on here? Very annoying. I'm not pleased about this mosquito situation in Taiwan. But anyway, enough of that. I want to jump um, into a semi language learning related topic. And then I want to go into a ver and then I want to go into a couple of very, very language learning related topics. The semi-language learning-related topic is the following. It actually has to do with my line of work. So, for those of you who don't know, it's a common question actually. Um, for work, I work for myself, and I I run English, French, and Spanish classes, typically for typically for adults, sometimes for children. The classes are um, both small group and private classes. That is my full-time job. Now. What's interesting about this is that many people, many, many people, when I talk about this, when I mention what I do for work, they get very confused and they will usually ask me like, oh, are you planning on doing something else in the future? Or even yesterday, someone asked me almost word per word like this. They said, oh, so what's your career going to be? Like, what's your long term plan? Almost as if what I'm doing right now, she assumed what I'm doing right now is like something to time me over some random thing I've decided to do, some part-time job, some whatever. And it always puts me in a situation where I have to explain myself and say, look, this is kind of like my full-time gig. As far as I know, it's it's going to be something I do for at least the near future and maybe even a longer term. It's a longer term thing that I actually do. And it leaves people really scratching their head and... You know, like the person yesterday who I'm thinking of right now, I think based on our body language, based on the line of questioning I received, it was almost like what I'm doing is not a very, not a respectable line of work or not a line of work that one would expect or a line of work that is, you know, like not something that people would do, I suppose. Something that just was very bizarre for this person I was talking to. And it's not the first time. Um, it's not the first time I've had this kind of experience when speaking to other people. And I, I guess for me, I wanted to talk about it because it's on my mind. And number one, um, it, it, it sometimes bothers me a bit in the moment, to be honest. When people are doing that, it's, it's not, I feel a little bit awkward having to explain that, no, no, this is my line of work. This is what I like to do. Like I teach. And it's awkward having the person in front of me often not even understanding really what I do for work. They don't really they don't get it. They don't see it. They don't they don't understand that it's like I have a lot of students and I they pay me directly and I manage how much money I have and what my expenses are and that's kind of what I do, like I'm self employed. So it's an awkward scenario, and it's not always fun for me in the moment. However, I think one thing I'm really happy about is that in the long term I do understand that Like I'm doing stuff that makes me happy and if people don't get it or sometimes people are a little bit confused or they think I should do something bigger or better or whatever the case is, I mean, that's not something I need to necessarily be overly concerned about. So in the macro, it's not something that crazy bothers me, but definitely in those moments, sometimes I feel a little bit, a little bit uneasy, I suppose. I'm not 100% sure why I wanted to share that story, where it's coming from, or, or, or anything like that. But it was something on my mind, and I wanted to, I suppose, get it off my chest. Now let's transition a bit. Let's go into some really, really, real, real language learning topics. And I want, and I want to try and get a little bit more practical in today's podcast. For people who follow my YouTube, um, you might have seen I posted a video a couple of days ago where I was basically saying, hey, I wanna get really practical in this video. And it's because often I find a lot of my content is very, um, it's very airy. I don't know if airy is the right word. The content is sometimes not giving you practical steps like, hey, do this to practice this language, do this to learn faster, do these particular steps. Sometimes they're more mental things, psychological things to say, hey, you have you probably have this psychological block that's holding you back or sometimes they're sharing personal stories, but today I want to get very, very practical, very hands-on. The first thing I want to answer and talk about is a is a common question I receive, which is Azrin, how do I remember new vocabulary? What do I do to remember it? Because a lot of people find that they're learning all these words or learning all this stuff, but they don't know how to study it or what to do to lock it into their brains and lock it into their memories. So a couple of different tips. First of all, I want you to look at language learning like sports. I want you to imagine learning Spanish or English or whatever language I want you to imagine it the same way as trying to learn, let's say tennis. When you play tennis, you have to do, you have to practice. You have to practice your forehand. You have to do lots of forehand shots. You have to do lots of backhand shots. You have to do countless serves. You have to do lots of repetitions of each skill in tennis to train to get the muscle memory in place for you to really be able to hit those shots consistently. Well, remembering vocabulary and grammar and vocabulary and grammar in a different language is very similar. You have to do practice exercises. Those exercises can definitely be in form of worksheets. Nothing wrong with that. They can be in the form of um, of doing of conversation practice, right? With 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 a native speaker or a more advanced speaker. That's a great way to practice. It can be in, it can be in in form of journaling. So on a day-to-day basis or on a regular basis, writing down what you did in a specific day or writing down really anything. It can be a story. It can be quick little sentences, quick anecdotes, trying to write things that are incorporating the vocabulary and grammar that you've recently been studying. This is a really good method. You can reread your notes. Rereading notes is a really, really good strategy. It works. Taking a step back, even writing notes to start with is a very, very good strategy. So these are all very very practical things that you can do to actually lock a lot of words and grammar and such into your brain. I think the biggest thing to be mindful of and actually I'll rephrase that the biggest thing to do is to be is to is to study and 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 practice whatever vocabulary or grammar you're trying to practice and remember properly or deep into your brain. You wanna do it very intentionally. One mistake that I've seen people make is to, to, when they are trying to practice the language, they just simply do a lot of speaking practice. They'll they'll find a language exchange partner, they'll find um, a private tutor a teacher or someone like that, and they just try and speak. They're just trying to speak and speak and speak. But the problem is you're not speaking intentionally. You haven't said, oh, I'm gonna do this speaking practice and I'm going to be making sure that I'm using these seven words that I've learned recently. I'm going to make sure that I use those seven words. It's not something that people do, right? Or a lot of people practice simply by only reading their notes. While reading your notes is a fantastic idea and it works, I do it myself rereading my notes. You can't just sit there re-reading your notes over and over and over and over for many people, that's not going to work. Just simply reading is not making enough neural connections in your brain to remember. So whatever strategy you're going to choose, whether it's journaling, like I mentioned, whether it's finding a native or advanced speaker and practicing with them and speaking with them, whether it's um, rereading your notes, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, you have to do it in a way where it's very intentional and you are specifically choosing to try and remember a select set of words or select set of grammar points. The bonus side of this, or the extra little step you can go to go the extra mile, is to try and build as as many neural connections in your brain as possible. So if you're rereading your notes, maybe you need to actually talk to yourself as well. So you read the word, I don't know, petit, in French, which means small. You read petit and you're like, okay, petit. Maybe you have to say, oh yeah, petit. Right, petit is small. Maybe you have to actually act it out and you're like, oh yeah, petit. And you actually indicate something like a small gap between your fingers, right, with your hand and you have a physical motion. Oh yeah, petit. Maybe it means you have to speak and create random little sentences. And oh yeah, petit, right, j'ai un petit, whatever, and, you, and you, you actually make sentences with it. Maybe you have to write those sentences down. So you have to be very intentional with it if that makes sense. I hope that quick little four minute rant, six minute rant was useful and gave you guys some different ideas with, um, with, with that respect of language learning. Um, Another big thing about language learning that I'm a really big fan of, that I don't talk about very often, and perhaps I've never talked about it, I'm not even sure, but at any rate I haven't said it much, is passive knowledge of vocabulary and grammar points. You see, I'm someone who actively, it's, it's actually an ironic sentence, I actively seek out gaining a lot of passive knowledge. What is passive knowledge? Passive knowledge is when you know specific words or vocabulary, let's say words or vocabulary, sorry, words or grammar, excuse me. You know certain words or grammar points to an extent, but not well enough for you to be able to use it spontaneously. You know it well enough to understand it in, in context. For example. I learned uh, it would have been roughly um, roughly three weeks ago approximately I learned the word for gluten in Mandarin it was a word I learned I was in a in a gluten-free restaurant and they had this like brochure it had the big characters spread out for gluten I looked it up I learned it I didn't really remember how to say it I kind of remembered but not really but When we were in a restaurant like four days ago or three days ago with my homestay family, somehow that we were talking about um, flour and different noodles and and different foods that have gluten. We were just discussing them and talking about them. And one of the family members said, oh yeah, yeah, it has a lot of gluten. And they said the word gluten in Mandarin. And I understood it. I was like, oh right, that's that gluten word. I remember that. I was like three weeks ago, right? Of course, that's that word. So it was a passive, vocabulary. It's something that I've come across. I wouldn't be able to use it spontaneously, but if I hear it in the right context, there is a very good chance I will either instantly remember it or at least be like, oh, I've heard that. What does that mean? Right. And I'm, it's going to trigger something in my mind. I love having lots of passive knowledge. It's actually kind of like my secret weapon in a way. One thing I often do is i seek out so much passive knowledge outside of my language classes by listening to music by watching videos by you know doing language exchanges by reading random websites online by trying to make friends by you know lots of different fun strategies to be honest strategies that are not classroom based and then when i go in the classroom and classroom study for anyone who's ever done it is very focused and very deep and you do lots of practice exercises and worksheets for the most part it's very very in-depth I, I suppose you could say and very very concentrated when I'm in that kind of environment and I'm coming across lots of different words and vocabulary and 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 grammar that, that the teacher has selected often the stuff that's coming up is stuff that I've heard or seen at some point or another Sometimes I'll remember it like, oh yeah, I've seen that somewhere, right, I remember that. Or sometimes my brain goes like, that rings a bell. I can't remember from what, and I don't remember like why it's ringing a bell, but it rings a bell. And that allows me to learn, it allows me to learn really, really fast. And it allows me to, it allows language classes to actually be a lot of fun and a very positive experience for me. Because even though sometimes we're doing boring things, the boring things, a lot of them, Many of the boring things are often triggering off random bells and memories in my mind from something fun that I did before, some song that I heard where I learned a random word, some um, you know I don't know like here's a here's a real a real-time example. In my mind right now, I have the Mandarin word for Batman, the superhero, the DC comic superhero. I have the Mandarin word for Batman somewhere stored in my mind. I can't think of it right now, it's something like, like, bien, I think there's a bien there, there's like a, there's an F letter in there, there might be a U somewhere in there. I think there's, I think there's like two, maybe three syllables in Mandarin, but I can't fully remember it. But the next time I hear Batman, like if we're in a class or who knows where I'll hear it next, I'll know what that word is. And that's because I had a really funny experience in a classroom the other day. Not in my language classroom. I was giving a presentation in Chinese in a Chinese school. And I accidentally said that a town in Canada is Batman. And the class thought it was hilarious. And it was a very funny kind of moment. So that was a fun moment. I now have a passive new word in my brain, the next time I hear it or that I've, I, 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 I come across it or I need it actively, it's going to really resonate in my brain and it's going to allow it to stick. So for many people, it's a framework to consider is, can you be doing two types of activities at all times? One type of activity is to try and build as much passive knowledge as you can. The other type of activity you're doing is trying to drive your active knowledge, and as you're doing both, you're going to have lots of crossovers between the two. The passive stuff you do, or excuse me, the active stuff you do is going to often coincide randomly with some of the passive stuff you've learned, and sometimes vice versa. Something you learned passively, you might have learned it actively first, and then suddenly you hear passively, you're like, oh, oh, oh that's the active thing. I. St- that's the thing I studied in class. Or that's the thing I studied in that study at home program just last week. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. So definitely something to consider. Anyway, I appreciate your attention. Thank you very much um, for listening to this. And we will talk uh, next time. Bye for now. See you.